the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came and said to Jesus, this is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but, but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Jacob, Jacob is a man on the run. He plays fast and he plays loose. A shady character he is. And yet he's one of the patriarchs of our faith. From Jacob's birth, he is a trickster, an operator, grabbing and scrambling. He swindles his twin Esau out of the family birthright. Later, he and his mom connive to steal the family blessing from his blind dad. When his brother Esau tries to murder him, Jacob flees to his uncle Laban, who turns out to be a manipulative mess in himself. This narrative has so much dysfunction so much hostility. Yet as our mysterious story begins today, Jacob's life is pretty good. He's well off, he's comfortable. I dare, dare say we've been on the run too, at least before March 2020, hurrying and scurrying, playing fast and loose, swindling more than our share from our siblings repressing our nation's tragic history of racism, tricking our minds into believing that we could abuse and pollute the earth with no consequences, living with plenty privilege and more than enough dysfunction and hostility. Well, deceitful Jacob, true to his name as a heel grabber, concocts a bribe to deal with his brother's murderous threats. He sends a caravan across the river Jabbok, women, children, and all his assets 
And then he collapses by the river, falls into a deep sleep. We know what it is to be worn out and exhausted. We know what it is to have a restless, sleepless night. Oh, how the mind can play tricks on us and all the demons come out to play. When I was in Colorado just weeks ago in the mountains, I had a night in which I couldn't sleep at all. It was elusive to me. I grew up in Colorado. I've been in high altitudes all my life for the last years, every year. But the altitude combined with perhaps dehydration, wine, and very strenuous exercise, well, left me helpless. I couldn't quite breathe naturally. But thankfully, in mile-high Denver, to which I returned, sweet sleep came back. Jacob spends the night wrestling in the mud with a, with a, with an elusive, mysterious figure. Is it a man? Is it an angel? Is it a divine being? Is it Jacob's demons or the spirit of his brother Esau? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Was it an apparition? Now, my only experience with uh, wrestling uh, was a long time ago in eighth grade PE. And my memories aren't so pleasant. I do know that you don't want to get pinned down in wrestling. But our own Pastor Ben wrestled from middle school through college and later became a wrestling coach. Even with all the infections and the sprains and the surgeries and the broken limbs, he has no regrets. At least that's what he said in a 2016 sermon. I can still remember. More than anything in life, Ben says that wrestling has taught him the beauty of struggling for a goal. Well, we're in the struggle of our lives these days, and we are pinned down as a country and as individuals, unable to move about, unable to breathe without worry. It's a once in a century reckoning. Our nerve is tested, our faith is tested. We're not sure of anything right now. And the struggle is downright freaky. Is this figure that wrestles Jacob his adversary or his advocate? Is this pandemic, this moment of racial reckoning, this reset, is this the worst thing that ever happened to us? Or in some ways, the best thing that could happen? Who knows? Like most of life's struggles, we didn't choose this. We didn't choose the shock, the interruption, wrestling away from us everything we knew or thought we knew. This week, I returned to one of my favorite books that uses the story of the wrestler Jacob as a guiding image, scarred by struggle, transformed by hope, by Benedictine sister Joan Chittister. It seems more relevant than ever, and I would highly recommend it. There's no growth. There's no growth without resistance, Joan says. Sometimes we, like Jacob, struggle through the night without any hope of winning. It's persistence 
that brings our resilience. We get pinned down, we get up, we go on. Wrestling is not passive, it demands engagement. I wonder if all our struggles are really wrestling with God in some way. We could say that the elusive God in this wrestling match isn't safe, isn't sanitized, rather gets down and dirty to lift us out of the muck and then leaves room for us, welcomes, welcomes our resistance, welcomes our questions, welcomes our participation in the wrestling match of life. As one writer says, the opposite of loving God isn't fighting God. The opposite of loving God is not giving enough of a damn to fight. This season is an opportunity for great social change, for great spiritual renewal, a great reprioritization of values and commitments, yet it will not come without resistance. As Saul Alinsky, the great social reformer said, change means movement, and movement means friction. And there will be wounds, and there will be lifelong scars, as Pastor Ben reminds us. It's what wrestling is, it's what life is. The divine wrestler dislocates Jacob's hip. And from now on, Jacob's body and soul will be marked by struggle. He will be limping ever after, and he will have a new name, Israel, insinuating he will have a lifetime of striving, yet prevailing. As Joan Chittister adds, the burden of humanity, the burden of humanity is the knowledge that at any time, any one of us or all of us may be brought down to size, defeated, left to bear it. The message of the struggle is clear. No one, nothing is totally invulnerable. Well, as day breaks, that mysterious wrestler is done, <laughs> wants to let Jacob go, but in a most profound, in a most poignant, almost emotional moment, ever tenacious, Jacob says, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. As we wrestle with a mysterious, elusive God, as we wrestle with life, with the church, as we wrestle with our faith, as we wrestle with the world we live in. We may want to give up. We may want to walk away, yet God is in our corner. And there is a blessing in it all, a blessing in the limp, God hidden in the vulnerability of the cross, in Jesus' care for the last and least, God hidden in our heartbreak and struggle, in our fears and our hopes, too deep to name. There are amazing words in today's psalm that go so well with the story. Visit me by night and melt me down. When I awake, I shall see your face and I shall be satisfied. In today's gospel, the disciples 
They want to send the hungry crowd away rather than to wrestle with the challenge of feeding a multitude. Yet Jesus blesses the few loaves and fish, and there is enough. I don't have to tell you that there are a multitude of needs this day. As many of us receive Holy Communion for the first time since March, Christ comes among us with great compassion for our world. He comes in the faces of one another, in our homes, on Zoom, in the street. He comes in broken bread. He comes in the brokenness we see around us, in wounds, in scars, in suffering faces, and in the limp itself. Christ feeds us and all the world with boundless grace, even as we become bread for a starving world. A limp for sure, yet no longer on the run are we. A deep peace comes over us. What we need, all we need, is here this day. There is enough. Amen.